What's good? What's good? What's good, man? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesdays, episode 55. Man, let's give it a round of applause, y'all. Man, we in Ace Town tonight. I got my whole team in the building, man. George, how you feel? Today, how you feel? That is weak, dog. How many of y'all be coming to see Tuesday? How many of y'all really are? Like, people be like, today. So I'm going to ask you again, today, how you feel? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. B, where you at? B, how you feel? Good, B in the building. Jose, how you feeling, bro? Let's go. That's, hey, how many of y'all surprised when y'all saw t- Jose with black? <laughs> God damn, he get us every single time, man. He be tricking us, you heard me? Shout out to the, my queen, well, the queen. I mean, I don't want nobody to think nothing wrong. Shout out to the queen, Lashana. You know, we got to make sure she get it. She get the job done. My other team, Nikki. You know, I can't do it. Hold on one more. Dave, what's happening, baby? Oh, my God. I don't know where I get these people from. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> All right, man. Episode 55, um, professional money printers, man. If you're new to the trap, man, welcome home. If you've been in the trap for a minute, man, we appreciate you coming back. We always got the leftovers, and the leftovers taste better than when you originally cook it. I want to start off by saying something. We are living in disruptive times. Real disruptive. It is extremely imperative that we reset the boundaries. It is extremely imperative that we dissect what it is that has destroyed us, what it is that has manipulated us, but most importantly, what are the ideologies that has bombarded us and influenced us? It is important that we understand those things because how can we overcome, how can we propel, how can we be victorious if we don't know the things that have held us down? How can we say that we want to be a millionaire if we can't identify what it is that has kept us in poverty? How can we say that we won't be wealthy? How can we say we want freedom if we don't understand what it is that has anchored us to the current position that we're in? How can we? No fruit can be fruitful without a living seed. And the seed can only be ignited by the thing that fertilizes it. So to me, the most important component to growth is the fertilization stage. The fertilization stage is when the water meets the seed and the seed bear root in the soil. It's the fertilization. What fertilizes it? What nurtures it? That's what gives it. That's the most important ingredient to me because the seed without fertilizer and being nurtured is just a seed full of potential. Some of us have great potential, but we don't have no fertilizer. Some of us got great potential, but we ain't being nurtured. So are you just good seed and bad soil? My thing is always the information fertilizes your wealth. The information is the catalyst that drives you. Not your environment, not your job. It's the information and the information tied to the belief unleashes new possibilities. The possibilities are endless. 
The possibilities are abundant, but if you don't have a belief and you don't have the information, then you are traumatized by your environment. The agony of knowing that there's something better, the agony of knowing that you have access to information, but yet you're not doing it can be demoralizing. Desire, commitment. These are the things that take us to the next level. These are the things that help us know that wealth is attainable. Before I had a millionaire, before I became a millionaire, I knew it was in the cause for me. Not because I saw it, because I desired it. Because I knew the possibilities. Not because nobody around me was a millionaire, but because I saw a whole bunch of other people being millionaires. And I knew that I was no different than them. I know we all breathe the same air. I know we all drink liquid. I know we all bleed. Some of us are stronger than others. Some of us are taller than others. Those things are things that don't matter. I understood that the millionaires of the world and the billionaires of the world have one common thing, belief. Belief. So if I believe the bigger and I commit it more and I increase my desire, then I knew that the million was a byproduct of it. And I ain't put a time limit on what it was going to take me to get there. And I need you to take the time limit off it and I need you to dedicate yourself day by day of being the person that needs to evolve to be that millionaire. Because I promise you this, the million ain't what you think it is once you touch it. I promise you, freedom tastes a little bit different once you acquire it. I promise you the opportunities become more abundant once you understand that there's more opportunity for you to grasp. So when we say Wall Street look like us now, it's about unleashing the opportunity. When we say Wall Street looks like us now, I want you to know that it's us coming from behind attaining reality. I want you to understand that your experiences are the thing that imprisons you. Because oftentimes we cannot see further than what we have experienced. Oftentimes we are anchored to. Oftentimes we are punished Oftentimes, we are chastised by experiences. So when we, we open ourselves up to new beliefs, when we open ourselves up to new possibilities, then we open ourselves up to a new life and a different type of abundance that doesn't care about race, doesn't care about age, doesn't care about gender, are you capable of attaining the opportunity? Belief, execution, and consistency are the things that change our life. Belief and execution 
I always say that we don't got to get it right. We just got to be in position. And so when I said that, people was like, man, what you mean by that? It's mean because if we always waiting on being right, we miss on a million opportunities because we waiting on to be right. And so my question to you is, do you want to be right or do you want to make some money? Do you want to be right or do you want to make some money? I'll let you stay over there and argue about being right the whole while I'm making money. And then you can deal with being right later on. And so in this game, I realized, I realized that the people were playing by a different set of rules. And I realized that the blueprint that they gave us was a faulty blueprint. I realized that the blueprint that they gave us wasn't designed for us to win. I realized that the blueprint they gave us was designed for us to always be inferior to them. And I ain't talking about race. I'm talking about class. I ain't talking about race. I'm talking about class because classism is superior to racism. I want us to understand that. When we negotiate the con, renegotiate the contract, we understand the rules that they're playing the game by. Once we understand that, we know for a fact that we can win at the game because I don't care what your strategy is. I just need to know the rules that you're playing by. I can create my own damn strategy. I don't care who playing the game. I just need to know that there's a game being played. And so I ask you, what are the seeds that you are planting from the words that come out of your mouth? What is the fertilizer? What is the fertilizer to your wealth? What is the new normal? What is the standard that you are setting for your family? What is the standard? Is a million dollars a new standard? Is 500,000 a new standard? Or is the standard everything but money? Is the standard freedom? Is the standard time freedom? Is the standard location freedom? Is the standard financial freedom? What is the new standard? Right now, we don't have no standards. We getting up every day just winging it. We getting up every day being used to the same blueprint. We getting up every day expecting something different, but we keep doing the same thing. I don't know about y'all, but they call that insanity. We get up every day expecting change. What is the new standard? What is the new routine? Last week in the A, I talked about the wild dogs and everybody like trapped. Damn, bro, that hit hard. That hit hard. But the reason why the wild dog is the number one predator in the safari is because they don't try to hunt alone. They hunt as a family and they keep hunting to everybody eat. They keep hunting to everybody eat. So the new normal is making sure nobody starves. The new normal is making sure everybody eat. The new normal is greed is not an option. We need everybody better to be full because when everybody eat, we eliminate jealousy. When everybody eat, we eliminate inferiority. When everybody eat, we open up the possibilities. The mama can retire good. Daddy can retire good. Children can retire good. What is the new normal? What is the new standard? The standard is different from the hyenas. The standard is different from the wild dog. The standard is different in the lion. You know why? Because the lion can eat by itself and let everybody get it how they live. The hyena can get it 
and they have different hierarchies. It's the wild dogs see everybody on equal. What's your standard? Are you cool with being the only person that got the information? What's the new standard? My standard is everybody going to be money printers. I ain't going to lie. It costs a lot of money making sure everybody fly first class. It costs a lot of money making sure everybody eat first class. It costs a lot of money making sure everybody got a suite. But guess what? Everybody sit at the table. When we sit at a round table, instead of a table with me at the head and you at the head, I want nobody to know who the boss because we all got the same kind of bank account. We walking around, I don't want people to be like, he the one with the money. I want people to know who, and everybody fighting for the bill. When, go out, when I go out with some of my people, I got to go fake like I'm going to the bathroom so I can get away to my car. And they come back mad at me. That's the new normal. I won't fight for who pay the bill. I won't fight for who paying for the trip. I won't say we going to Dubai and we all going to fire business class. I don't want nobody to have to say I can't go. It's a new normal. I don't want us to go in debt trying to go to college. I don't want us to have the normalized debt. You know why? Because America loves being in debt. America can barely pay its debt. And guess what? The people in America have taken on the same personalities as the country. But yet there's 1% of the country that operate completely different. And they plan by their own set of rules. So instead of them being consumers, they said, you know what we're going to do? There's these six families that say for the entirety of America, we will get 6% of everything that America makes. These are the people that wrote the book called, the, these are the people they talk about in the book called The Creature from Jekyll Island. There's always the outliers. There's always a different set of people. There's a certain set of people that want to go with the stream. And there's a certain set of people that say, let me get out the water, see how the stream is going. And I'd rather just catch the fish that's going the same with everybody because I can eat more. There's some people that say if there's a gold rush, I would rather sell shovels than go go reef for gold. I won't be the, pe the person that's selling the shovels. Because while that crowd of people go search for gold, what I do understand is one out of every 100 going to strike gold. But everybody going to search for gold going to need some shovel. And I won't sell a shovel. In order to be wealthy in America, you got to think outside the box. In order to be wealthy in America, you got to understand that the American dream is one big nightmare. You got to understand that the American dream is just that, wishful thinking. The American dream ain't never benefited nobody. It ain't never benefited nobody. Not even the people that told you it was the dream. Because what we've realized about America, what we've realized that about this country that we live in, is they sell the dope and the rehab and the rehab center. They sell the food. They know the food kills you, so they sell you cancerous drugs, and they sell you drugs that help you kill the cancer. America plays both sides of the field. And you can pick an option. You can be mad at America, or you can decide the rules that America play by and say, I'm going to play by the rules. Our problem is we are too comfortable in dysfunction. Chapter 2 is episode 55. Let's get it started, man. All right, man, listen. 
Listen, I, I want to sow something. Two days, what kind of beat you got for us, bro? We live. You got something for me, bro? Like, you always tell me I'm in a lab, I'm working, I'm working on a beat. Every time I come in there, you, you fake working. You fake telling me I got some, oh, okay. 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 What's that? How you feel about that? How y'all feel about that beat Tootie got? You can tell Tootie from New Orleans because all, you can tell you from the South because all his beats got heavy bass. I like it though, I ain't gonna lie. All right, man, it's episode 55. Man, if you live, if you in a YouTube, man, listen, man, like this and subscribe to this. New Orleans will be next up. Everybody share this and like this. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Tonight we're going to change the dynamics. Tonight we're going to dig in. I want to talk about a few things tonight that I know going to change people's perspective and make them some money. Let's get to it, man. Hey, y'all know before we start every show, we start off with our mantra. And I'm going to be real with you. When I created this, when I sat down and wrote this, I wrote it from the heart. When I sat down and wrote this, I understood that everybody, everybody who said this, I wanted to get them something, something to believe in. For all my people on YouTube, we was a little late, but listen, sometimes I just be in my bag and I can't stop talking. That's how we sometimes get three-hour shows. Don't be mad at me, charge it to my heart. So listen, we're going to start off with this, man. Y'all know the mantra, man, as we start off. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I am confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based on the information that I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Let's stop for a second. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today I break the chains that anchor me to the poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I've turned our last name into an asset. Just hold up for a second. That part that resonate with me so hard. Because somebody made a sacrifice for me to be here. Somebody jumped off a boat. Somebody rebelled. Somebody had a vision of what freedom was. Somebody left the plantation and risked it all. I told Jose them the other day, man, Harriet Tubman left and came back and she don't know what Nikes was, bruh. They were like, what? I said, she, she had on some leather boots, bruh. And she left and came back. I know she had blisters. But when you dedicate it to the process, you don't care what it feel like. You so focused on the end result, the process is just a formality. The sacrifice is what it's worth. The suffering is what it's worth. The success don't come with sacrifice and suffering. You naive if you think that you can be triumphant without trial and error. You naive and you lying to yourself if you think you're going to be prosperous without pain. 
And so when I say my ancestors will smile now because I've turned my last name into an asset because right now my ancestors and your ancestors looking because we know everything they thought about, we got it in motion. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today, I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me and Harry lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. And Wall Street looks like us now. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Golly, man. I ain't going to lie. Y'all get a little emotion every time I say it. I get a little emotional. I got to always sit down because I get a little dizzy. It's because it means that much to me. Like that came to me from a deep place, y'all. I, I didn't just write that and was like, oh, this is cool. When I say I am a certified Wall Street traveler, that means a lot to me. When I say I am the architect of my family's last name, I am an architect of my family's legacy. Like, that's a responsibility that you got to be willing to bear. And that don't come with age. That comes with belief. The one thing about me that gonna, that's going to differentiate me from a lot of people that I know is because my belief boat is abundant. It ain't nothing I do without belief. I woke up. Let me say this. God will plant a vision in you, and that's, your, and that's his investment in you. The investment gets the returns when you start to execute. The vision that you have is the investment that God has in you. I'm going to be real with y'all. Man, y'all sitting right here, was a, it was a vision. I said, yo, we could do like 600 to 1,000 people. Woke up today. Yeah, 622 people. Take your soul. I say, Houston, we on. I ain't never worried about ticket sales. I ain't never worried about who was going to show up because the vision was in me. Man, the vision going to drive you so far. This ain't got nothing to do with no fluff. This ain't got, this, if you got a vision, you can't, I'm so obsessed with the vision. I'm obsessed with the vision. I'm obsessed with what we can do. I'm obsessed with who I have to become, who I got to evolve into to make the vision come into fruition. The problem you have is you ain't dedicated to the vision enough. You a part-time visionary. You visionary only when things going good. I still got the vision if we would have woke up the day and one ticket was sold, we was going to be in here, me and that person, talking about, we trapping. I can't hear you. We trapping. Because the vision. I told my team, yo, this the vit. We just starting. It's 600 and some people today. It's 2,000 people the next time we do it. It's 15 next time. It's theaters now, but in five years, it's going to be stadiums. The vision. When I say I'm turning my last name to an asset. Man, what does your last name represent right now? 
When somebody say Howard, when some, oh, oh, you one of them Howards? What does your last name mean? Let me go a little further. What is your last name worth? What has, what has happened to your last name since you've been in existence? And I want you to look at the people that came before you. I want you to look at your mama. I want you to look at your grandmother. I want you to look at your great-grandmother. I want you to look at your great-great-grandmother. And I want you to ask yourself one question. Has the last name increased in value or decreased in value once you came along? And then I want you to set the precedent. I want you to tell yourself that before I leave this earth, my family's last name will be an asset and I want you to commit to it every day you got breath in your body. Because when you leave this earth, if you have not changed the dynamics of your family, if you have not implemented a new program or a new standard, then you are a liability to your family and not the asset. And it ain't no way around it. So when I look at my family, I'm like, yo, my cousin a part of the team, my other cousin in the background. I got my other two cousins that's about to go to college. And I'm like, yo, this is what y'all going to do. We building this business out. I got to teach y'all how to invest. We're going to start this investment fund for the family. I take pride in that. I take pride in that. And that means more to me than any bag, any trip, any experience I had the best in becoming somebody that's wealthy was when I bought, when I rented a 14-bedroom house and took my whole family and said, nobody ain't got to pay for nothing. I'm going to pay for everybody to come in. And I put them in the house. And on the third day, that sounds biblical. And on the third day, I broke out the whiteboard and I said, now let's talk about financial literacy. They walk into the house and everybody's got their own room. We talking about me and my, my little cousins been sharing rooms their whole life. I done been homeless before. I done been from pillar to post before. But now here we are in a 17,000 square foot house with a water slide, with a pool, with a jacuzzi, with a bowling alley, and all of us down there bowling, and some of us in there playing golf. Some of us in the movie theater, the look on their face knowing that everybody woke up to their own room. What happened was we exposed them to new possibilities. I'm saying this because on my journey, more than any amount of money I've ever made, that was the highlight to it. Because watch this, I told you information is the fertilizer to your wealth. Exposure is value. My cousin, she's 15 years old. We call her Wiggles. She texted me the other day and said, cuz, I know what I want for my birthday. I won't have a sit-down with you one-on-one, and I want you to show me how to invest, because I won't be a millionaire. That's more important to me than anything. My cousin, he was the first person I told what the vision was in 2014. In 2018, he still wasn't with it, but in 2021, he was like, cuz, I get it. 
You can't hold your people responsible with what you're trying to teach them ain't working for you yet. But once it start working for you, once you start making it do what it's supposed to do, they ain't going to do nothing but say, yo, let me buy in. I won't get in. I see it. I believe it. You know your people got to believe. But you know your people ain't going to believe until you show them it's working for you. It's easy for my people to believe now because they know it's working for me. I'm telling you, exposure is the key. It takes one person to change your whole family. It takes one person to show your people what's real. It takes one person to show your family what it exists. It takes one person to show your family what wealth is. It takes one person to introduce your family to something new. It takes one person to change the possibilities. You one investment away from becoming wealthy. You one investment away from having new opportunities. You one investment away from being free. You one investment away from only your 24 hours. The problem is when you going to make the investment. The problem is when you going to make the investment. And so for me, I consistently make the investment. And for you, I need you to be consistent in making the investment because everybody in here, this is an investment you made to come to get this information. But you ain't going to never get to the top by making one investment. You ain't going to never get to the top by the ladder by making one step. So I need you to understand whether you in here, whether you on Instagram, whether you on YouTube, I need you to understand that consistency, dedication, commitment, and execution is what get us where we got to go at. <sighs> Welcome to Traffic Tuesdays, y'all. My bad. Let's go, man. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get it, man. Word on the street, man. All right, so... Everything went down today, y'all, and, and we kind of got up at the end of the day. We kind of had a little late rally. The Dow Jones was down. The NASDAQ was down. The S&P was down. But I want to show y'all something right quick. Dave, let's go straight to the recession portfolio. And I like to show people this. Let's go next. So even in the, even in, even in the situation where the market is down, even in a situation where the market is not, when people are being fearful, there's still the opportunity for us to make money. And so for me, the reason why I created the recession portfolio is because I wanted people to see and I wanted people to realize that if I can show you every week what I'm doing, if I can show you every week that no matter what the market is doing, whether we making money or losing money, the transparency is I need you to just be playing the game. And I don't need you to be fearful about playing the game. I need you to understand that no matter what the market doing, we still going to play the game regardless. Is we traveling or we traveling? So the first thing I do in the portfolio is I always like to show you all my buying hold stage. Then we pull that up. So watch this. Let's stop right there. So today's game was right at $9,000. Today's game was at $9,000. And as we can see, all three indexes was down. Let's go a little further. And at the same time, I don't know if y'all can see it or it's up. Here's what I want y'all to look at. Costco lost a little money today. Croc lost a little money today. Lockheed Martin lost a little money today. Meta lost a little money today. NVIDIA lost a little money today. SAIA lost a little money today. VTRX lost a little money today. But here's what I want you to understand. We still up. Go one more, Dave. 
we still up about 22% on the market. So we all right with having bad days. One or two bad days don't discourage me from playing the game. I want you to understand that today's game was $7,000 right here. On the year, we up 29, 22%. The market right now is only up about 18%. We busting the market up. Let's go a little further, Dave. Also, what I want you to understand is that even in the options game, so I told y'all that we sold some of our, we sold our positions. We only kept two positions. The two positions we kept was the NVIDIA position and the Apple position. With the Apple position, we watched Apple go from $95 all the way to $77, $76. Once it got to $76, I told my travelers, yo, let's roll the Apple play down. We rolled the Apple play down. And in two days, we up $1,700. I didn't say, man, let me just cut the losses right quick. I understood what the story was, and I made the adjustment. The NVIDIA play, this play was down almost, I don't know, $3,000 or something. Late day rally, it turned back up. The reason why I want to show people every week what I'm doing is because nobody not doing that. Everybody's just telling people what to do. And I'm going to keep it real with you. It's easy to tell you what to do. It's harder for me to show you what I'm doing because I even got to let you see the losses right now. But for me, the losses don't matter. Ain't no ego attached. A lot of times, people rather be right so they ain't going to show you what they making or what they losing. And this ain't nothing aimed at nobody. I'm saying that in order for us to truly teach people what's going on, we got to show people what we doing. Because it's easy for you to believe me when I'm showing it to you than it is for me to tell it to you. Question right quick in the audience. How many people right now, since you've been rocking with me, you rock with me a little bit more because every week I show you what I'm doing? How many of y'all ain't care what the price was? You just bought it because Trav got it. <laughs> and it's easy for me to do that. It's easy for me to show y'all that. And so the recession, recession portfolio is me. Now watch this. I told my people in the Patreon right quick. I said, yo, we're not going to make no moves this month. Why? Because August is the second worst month in the market. September is the first worst month in the, worst month in the market. And in September, the average stock has a return of negative 1%. So watch this. Once you understand the behavior patterns of the market, you understand how to play the market. All right, let me do this. Fellas, how many times you went to go get something to eat? Your girl says she don't want nothing to eat. But then when you come home, she want a piece. Give me a piece. Man, get your own, man. Give me a piece. But I asked you what you want to eat, but give me a piece. And then you give her a piece. So watch this. She done did that so many times to now when you order something, you just order two. See, if you ain't got to that level yet, fellas, you ain't learned our behaviors yet. You ain't learned our behaviors yet. So what you going to do now is, if I'm going to order the fries, I'm going to order two and say, here, yo, yo, fry. Let the church say amen. 
Let's pass the collection plate, Jose. <laughs> That boy is good. That boy good. Once you be learning to hate, once you learn the behavior patterns of the market, you can play the market completely different. And all it takes for you to learn the behavior patterns is to consistently play the game. I promise you the market ain't going to do nothing new. It ain't going to do nothing it ain't never did before. It's going to consistently do it. So now nothing that the market does shocks me. And I tell people all the time, the only thing that I cannot teach you about the market is how you going to respond when you see your money going to red. Jose, that shout out to our Patreon group right quick, man. Shout out to all my Patreon people. Shout out to the group, man. Y'all get money in the chat. Put that in there, man. We love it. Shout out to our Patreon people, man. The only thing about the Patreon group is I always tell them in the group, don't Ask me when I'm going to make a play. I don't need that type of negative energy in my life. Because what happens is, if I'm making a play, I just need you to let me make the play because I know we're going to make some money. And if I know we can make money consistently, then you got to just let me rock on rock. And they got people in the group like, yo, man, I done made $50,000 off a $10,000 investment trap. I'm like, damn, all $49? Shit, well, I signed up at. So once we understand that, we can play the game different. Dave, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to, there we go. This is important for us, y'all. This is the heat check. Now, if you're in the workshop, I'm going to talk to you about this tonight. We're going to get deep into this because I'm going to show you how I beat the market. Back to back years. So watch this. Today we see what? Microsoft down. We actually see technology is down. We actually see that financials are down today. We actually see that. Consumers construction is down today. We see industrial down. We say the market took a little L today. Let's go a little further. Here's what we do see. We see the market cooling off a little bit. The last couple of shows, we saw the market was at 85. We looked at the fear and greed index. The market is at 67 right now. It's cooling off. So if the market is cooling off, then that tells us that there's buying opportunities somewhere. Tonight in the workshop, I'm going to show you all how we find them opportunities. The fear and greed index is right now at 67. It was at 85. The VIX has went from 13 to 17. So if you don't know what the VIX is, that measures the volatility in the market. The VIX tells us if the VIX is up, that means the market is being fearful. If the VIX is down, that means the market is greedy. If you smart, you can study the VIX and understand which way the market is moving. Are we trapping or are we trapping? How many of y'all don't know what the VIX is? So the VIX, V-I-X, tells us if the market is being greedy or if the market is being fearful. One of the things I like to do is understand where the market is. So if I understand that the average VIX for the market is around 16 to 17, then I say, okay, cool. The market is where it usually be at. If the VIX get under that, then I know the market is being greedy. If the VIX goes over that, I know the market is being fearful. The more fearful the market is, the more opportunities I can have in the market. During the pandemic, the VIX was at like 47. I mean, the fear and greed was at 47. The VIX was at like 23. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right, so I want to start off with saying this. 
Here's how I want you to understand that the economy is changing. This is important for me. Bank of America reported this. They say hardships on full 1K withdrawals have now surged by 36%. What does that mean? That means 36% people now are drawing more from their full 1K. What does that mean? People are scraping for money. They notice a huge drop off in contributions and they also notice a decrease in account deposits. So what that means is more money, more people are pulling money from their full 1K and more people are putting less money in the bank. That is a gauge. That's telling us that more and more people are being strapped for money. Here's the crazy part about that. There's a fee that has to be paid if you don't pay back that in time. What happens to the person that pulls out $20,000 from their full 1K? When do they ever put $20,000 back? Y'all with me? And America don't care about that because watch this. 90% of banks make majority of their money off lending money and fees. I said something last night when I was sitting at the table with my with the elite VIP members. I said, you make more money from owning the bank than you do having your money sitting in the bank. Okay, let's make that make sense. If you look at the banks, JP Morgan Chase, if you look at the banks, Bank of America, if you look at the banks, um, Wells Fargo, if you look at the banks, Citibank, all of them pay dividends for owning that. So not only do you get dividends from the bank, you also get equity from the bank when the stock goes up. But the bank only gives you 0.0 something percent for holding in the savings. They may give you 3% if they got a high yield savings. But watch this. When you include the dividend and the equity from what the bank is doing, you now make more money from owning the bank than having your money sitting in the bank. Is we trapping? So my goal for everybody in here is I'm going to be real with you. It's about being in position than it is for being right. How many people own JP? How many people got their money in JP Morgan Chase? If you're in the YouTube, put it in the chat. How many people got their money in JP Morgan Chase? I bet. How many people got their money in Bank of America? I bet. How many people got their money in Wells Fargo? I bet. Now, if you got your money in Navy Fed or something, your money they ain't on the stock market. But watch this. If you own your money in one of those other banks, Citibank, how many people got their money in there? Yo, you do better owning a bank than having your money just sitting in the bank. Because a dollar that's not moving is a dollar that's what? How many people got their money in the bank just to look at it every day? I know. You want to make sure it's all there. Here's the crazy part that we already know. Your money ain't there anyway. Because once you sign up to put your money in the bank, they legally can take 90% of your money and invest it. Did you know that? So now the money that you're looking at on the bank statement, it ain't even much there. It's just digitally there. And the reason why it's just digitally there, because they're putting it there to remind them of what they owe you, not so you can know what you got in the bank. They just need a track record of, oh, all right, $1,000 bet, $10,000 bet. So they just want to keep track of what they owe you. So my question is, if you're going to play that game, it's only right that I own three, 400 shares of J.P. Morgan Chase. Why? One, you're the biggest bank in America. Two, you got more assets than any other bank in America. 
Three, you draw more revenue than any other bank in America. Four, not only do you have accounts for regular people, individuals, you also are one of the leading underwriters in America. Why not own you? Because I can make more money from you increasing your dividend over the last 15 years, which you've done, than me having my money sitting in the savings account. It's not about playing, it's about playing the game the right way. It's about understanding the rules to the game and seeing how the people who play the game play the game so I can play by the same rules. People listen to Jamie Dimon, right? But Jamie Dimon owns over 3 million shares of J.P. Morgan Chase. I wonder why. It's the same man that come on TV and tell us people, more people, more people lend on his word than they do on the president's word. Why? Because he's a leader of the biggest bank in America. They don't care what Joe Biden got to say, but let Jamie Dimon say something. Because these group of people from the book, the, the creature that the creature from Jekyll Island said one thing to America. I'm going to let the politicians write the rules. Let me control the money. But then one of the billionaires of America said, I don't care who make the rules. Let me play with the money. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller said, I don't care who make the rules. Let me play with the money. And then the bank said, y'all can make the laws. Let us play with the money. So they said America care more about laws than money. So what we do. We just got to follow the blueprint of the people that's doing what? Printing the money. Goddamn. Goddamn. I feel that, Jose. Let's go a little further. Watch this. The truth about the American downgrade. Here's what I want you to understand. Yo, I was writing this down, and I promise you, as I was writing it down, it truly hurt my heart because I know that a lot of people over the next couple of years. I'm in a bind, Nate. Time. This is the part that I always give me. I really need this. <laughs> here's why that. Here's why that. Check this out. Over the next few years, America by 2033, America is projected to be 50 trillion dollars in the hole. I want you to go to the site called usdebtclock.org when you get a chance, and you'll see that America debt don't never stop ticking. The debt never stops ticking. So if America is $32 trillion in the hole right now, they're saying by 2033, there'll be $50 trillion in the hole. Watch this. Over the next 10 years, America will pay $5.2 billion a day, a day on debt. $5.2 billion a day. Now, while those numbers may sound crazy, America is going to pay 30% of the revenue that it made to service the debt. Here's what I want you to understand. If America takes on that much more debt, what do you think happens to you as an American citizen? I want you to understand that as long as America doing what America does, you got to adjust. And if you never adjust to what America's doing, I promise you, Economics hurt more for the people at the bottom than the people at the top. The working class, the middle class, the check the check, the people that with the retirement accounts, you're going to feel the pressure of America making these bad decisions more than the people in the 1%. Because they don't care what the price is. You know what they care? I got the money for it. I ain't tripping. Print some more money. I ain't tripping. Because guess what? As gas go up, your wages don't go up. As costs of food go up, you ain't getting more an hour. 
So the check is losing purchasing power. Is that making sense? The check is losing purchasing power while you are using your greatest asset to make money. And if money is, if cash is a depreciating asset and time is the best asset that you have, you're actually giving up the best thing you have for one of the worst things you can own. Jose, I think that went over the head. I think that went over the head. Because everybody be holding. The reason why you're looking at your account because you're going to watch the money. How much money I got in that? But once you realize that money is a tool, not a goal, you don't cherish the money more than you cherish the asset that can make you more money. While the million dollars is good, I'm going to keep it real with you. I won't have a couple million in assets. I don't care about the money. The asset is what buy me freedom. Question, how many people we know working two jobs? Harsh reality. Working those two jobs, how far have you seen people really get ahead? What happens is the only reason, the only way that we think we can get ahead is by working more jobs. Not understanding that a life based, a life lived off profit is way better than a life lived off wages. I like when Jose make that noise. He be going, mm. a life lived off profit is better than a life with lived off wages because a life lived off profit is infinite. There's no amount of money. Profit is infinite. You know for a fact that your job will cap you out. You know for a fact as a business, the work that needs to have been put in to create those wages. A life lived off profit, off investments, a life lived off that has no cap. Am I making sense? There we go. Let's go a little further. Watch this. So one of the things I, one of the things that's really important to me as well is how many of us heard that America got downgraded? All right. So here's the five. Here's the five or six components that comes to that financial structure, operations result, external constant, asset quality and structure, um, organization and operation and governance. Now, here's what happens. Right. And it's always gets me with America. It's always gets me with America. America tells us if our credit ain't right, we can't get money. But America credit ain't never been right. That's like your mama saying, do what I say, not as I do. How many of y'all ain't never like that? That's what America is telling us. Let's go a little further. And in case you don't know, this is how it goes. It goes from D, C, D, C, B, 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 go back. B, 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 A, A, and A, 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 triple A. So America just got downgraded from triple A to A, A. Now, the reason why America got downgraded is because America has accumulated $1.8 trillion in debt in less than a year. America has accumulated $31 trillion in debt in two, 200 and something years altogether. Now watch this. Here's the crazy part about that stat. The more debt that America takes on, the weaker the America gets. But you have two sides of a coin. 
You have one group called the Democrats, and I'm not for either or. Let me just make that clear. You have one group called the Democrats. All they know how to do is spend money. All they do is spend money. You got another group called the Republicans, and all they do is make sure the wealthy people keep their money. Nowhere in that equation does it say where does the middle class, the working class, where do they fit in the equation? I want you to understand that truthfully, you don't fit in either of those equations. I want you to understand that truthfully, the biggest and the, the, the most important financial decision that you will ever make in this world is how much money you're going to have working for you. Let's go a little further. All right, watch this. Do you really want to build wealth? And I thought about this when I thought about America. You have to invest more than you save and you have to, you have to invest more than you save and you have to save more than you spend. Your money has to work more for you than you work for it. Salaries are created at work, but wealth is created at home. So I'm going to say that equation again. I thought about that and I said, yo, this is good. I want people to understand this formula, how I go. You have to invest more than you save because you already know saving money don't do nothing but lose money. You have to save more than you spend because I'd rather you save it than spend it. At least you can save it to invest. I want you to understand that your money has to work harder than you if you're working for your money because if you outwork your money, you're going to weigh out before your money do. You're going to get fatigued before your money do. After you work 10 or 12 hours, you're tired, but your money don't never need a break. The difference is you can't, you become financially exhausted because you work hard for your money and you spend your money hard as you work for it. Ah, oh, man, that was good. Salaries are created at work, but wealth is created at home. Here's why that's important. Your job should be your biggest source to building your wealth. 100%, we won't disagree with that. But once you make the money, the next thing is how much of my money going to work for me? What asset class can I put my money in? How can I structure the portfolio the right way? How do I put my money? How do I? What is my ROIC? What that mean? What is my return on invested capital? Capital is simple money that you use to invest. How good am I at turning one dollar into ten? How good am I at that? Let's go a little further. <laughs> I be coming up with these titles like I'm creating a mixtape or something. Yeah. <laughs> New dope ball on the block. Jeff Bezos, man. So watch this. We all know about Amazon. A great company. Amazon rolls out Amazon Clinic, a nationwide virtual telehealth platform. Now, if you've been tapping on Trapping Tuesdays for a while, you remember when I said that Amazon is about to enter the healthcare game and they're going to change the game in a different way. One of the things that they do is, so what is, what is let me ask y'all a question in the audience. What does Amazon do best? Say it loud. So, <laughs> Let's send us the Christmas gifts. 
So what people don't realize is that Amazon sells products and service for fun. That's their side hustle. Their biggest, their biggest way of making money is from AWS. While, while the cloud service is big, here's what they did realize. Visionary. He understood that the healthcare industry is a bigger industry than the tech industry because you can, you can integrate the two. So what did Jeff Bezos do? He went out and he bought a company called PillPack. That's the one that y'all know that Nas invested in. And then the next thing he did was once he bought the Whole Foods stores, he said, yo, this is going to be a great thing to do. But then he bought this other company called One Medical. I told y'all about that a while back. So then he said, now I can take One Medical and I can take Whole Foods and I can take Pill Pack. And now I have a CBS inside of my Whole Foods. This gives me a storefront. Because I got more money than CVS, because I got more money than Rite Aid, because I got more money than them, I can now set up shop inside of what? My whole food stores. And then once I buy one medical, it now gives me, see, that's what they do. He bought the business, put the business under his umbrella, and then he bought all the business's assets. So now one medical can now gives them the leeway to now sell hand to hand. But he called it Amazon telehealth first because one, I already got what? The shipping component. Watch this, oh, this is so gangster, how they play the game. I already got the shipping component. This is why FedEx can't make no money. This is why UPS can't make no money because I took my products out of their hand and I became integrated vertically. I want you to write this down. If you can find a company that's integrated vertically, I can promise you it's a company worth owning. What does integrated vertically mean? I can do everything from within myself. I don't got to outsource it. Man, this is good, Jose. Watch this. So here's here's what Amazon did. Now that they have that component, now that they have pill pack, now that they have one medical, now that they create telehealth as a virtual platform, they now have jumped in the medical industry. Now what happens? You're going to see companies like Rite Aid, CVS. You're going to see them join forces. You know why? Because because Amazon has more money than them, Amazon can put them out of business. Guess who his second biggest competitor going to be? Walmart. So now not only is he going to compete with Walmart in retail, he's also going to compete with Walmart with selling dope. They got it. 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 I want y'all to understand that legal dope dealing is a thing. Let's go a little further, Jose. Let's go a little further, Dave. Watch this. Over by 2030, by 2030, the telehealth community is expected to be over a like $40 billion industry. And you see it's growing. Right now, it's at 29. It's looking to keep on extended. I need you to understand that. Watch this. U.S. telehealth market shares increase. Payers, providers, patients, on-premises, web-based, cloud-based. What do you think Amazon thrives at? They already got the uh, the cloud-based because they got AWS and they got, and 
because they already have our data inside of Amazon. Watch this and make it make sense to you. How many people got Amazon Prime in here? The people that raising their hand, y'all be making me mad, y'all. Because y'all be trying to be like, you ain't right. Look how dope Amazon is. This is why I like, like, one of the things I love about this is understanding how businesses do business. The reason why I love the stock market so much is because it helped me understand how people, how America does business. Watch what Amazon did. Amazon, and I always say this because, yo, Jose, we got to get a, they got to start sponsoring me. I'm tired of this. We need to be getting ad dollars for this. They're going to try to play me, though. They're going to try to play me. Watch this, though. Here's what Amazon does. First, the dude, Jeff Bezos, said we're going to sell books. Then he went from selling books to selling everything under the sun. And then he realized that streaming was a thing. But he didn't want to really compete with Netflix head on, so he competed with them through the back door. So here's what he did. He don't actually charge you for the streaming service. He added one-day delivery to the product and gave you the streaming service for free. But watch this. When Amazon reports, it always reports how many people join Prime. Subscription for the streamers. Because here's what happens. The more people that join it, he knows that does what? Adds value to the business. But you can't judge him if he lose subscribers simply because I only do this for next day delivery, not for the streaming platform. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So now what he going to do is this. Everybody now that has Amazon Prime, mark my word, you're going to start getting emails talking about One Medical. You know why? Because he already got over a billion people in his database. And guess what? 62% of Americans are on some type of drug. So if 60% of Americans are on some type of drug, guess what he can also do? Now he's going to give you a discount because he also, he also set up a business where he can now give you a discount on all major brands through a generic brand. Oh, that boy playing chess. Because here's what he understood. The more things I can do, the more things I can make up from this business, the more I can become one of the biggest companies in America. So my question is, if you use Amazon Prime, if you getting stuff shipped from Amazon, why are you trying to find the next Amazon instead of just playing with Amazon? I just flamed it just now, Jose. They ain't even get it. They ain't even get it. They said facts and they thought about something. Wait, I don't even, wait, why I don't own it? I'm just telling y'all, I don't need you to get it right. I just need you to be in position. Let's go a little further. Where's the market going now? So this was important for me to understand. And again, we're going to talk about this in a workshop. We're going to go crazy with this in a workshop. This is important for us. So one of the things I look at, I want y'all to show, uh, Dave, I want y'all to show, I want y'all to see what Tootie be doing me. Dave, put Tootie on the, this what I got to deal with, y'all. Everybody say, two that chill. <laughs> Leave me alone, dog. All right, let's get back to it. All right, so watch this. Where's the market going now? So here's what I see. Here's what I look at. One of the things I often look at is every year, every six months, and every 90 days, I always like to pay attention to what the market is rewarding. If you're in, the, if you're in here tonight, if you're in here, I'm going to show you. 
I'm going to show you what we're looking at, how we beat the market. So here's what I saw. I saw that I saw that these industries right here over the last three months have been killing it. XLE, XLI and KBE. So XLE is the industrial industry. So that's your Caterpillars. That's your John Deere's. The last three months, they've been killing it. Also, energy over the last three months have been killing it over the last 90 days. Also, the banking sector. Ever since that collapse of those banks, the market has now gotten over that. Over the last three months, KBE, which is the S&P banking sector, has been up like crazy. Watch this. These industries also have pay big dividends and often do big buybacks. The industrial companies, because they don't have a lot of growth in them, they often have big dividends and they often do big buybacks. What is a buyback? That's when a company is buying shares of itself to give value to shareholders. That's how we make money. Y'all traveling with me? All right. The reason why energy, these companies do what? Pay big dividends and buy shares back. The banking sector, why they do that? Because these industries don't have a lot of growth. They're more stable. In the beginning, we talked about the runners and we talked about the jump fresh off the porch. This, that's part of your industries that I'm talking about. Well, what I realized is that technology over the last month has lost a little steam. Over the last three months, it's lost a little steam. And it's not saying that technology isn't going crazy. It's just saying that the market often rotates. As the market gets fearful, the market finds pockets that it won't go to and give money to. For us, if we can understand where the market putting its money at, we can now say, I want to navigate away a little here. So over the last part of this year, I see industrials, energy, and the KBR, I see them being a play. I'm not saying that technology isn't a play, but what I am saying is that over the next five months, you will see energy stocks going up more. You will see the banking industry going up more and you will see industrials printing a little more profit. That is with Trapper C. That is my blueprint. I'd always try to show people what I see. Let's go a little further. So I call this part, man, like why you ain't buying? And so when I look at the idea of people, here's what I like to see people say. The market going low. The first thing they say is the market too high. People always say something too high. And then once it's too high and the market drops down, they say the market going lower. How many times will people say this? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a let it go a little lower. Where you at? Wait, where am I? I'm going to go a little lower, people at. Where am I? I'm going to buy the dip a little deeper, people at. But every time we say that, I'm going to be real with you. What happened after you say that? And then what you say after that? Damn. <laughs> I should have. All right, and then what happens after that is, watch this, watch this, watch this. Once it go up, what will we saying? I'm going to let it pull back. You confusing me. Am I lined up? All right, and then once it pull back, once it pull, once we put the pull back and it keep going up, then what we say? It's too high. When we said it was too high, $15 ago. This is my people that's saying, I can buy Eli. It's going to pull back. And then we go through the, I'm going to wait for it to settle down. 
Then we go for the pullback and then it goes too high. The problem is I need you to be in position more than I need you to focus on getting it right. What I realized on the journey was in the beginning stages, it's more important for you to be in the game than you to focus on buying at a discount. And I know people are going to go against me for that. And I ain't mad at that. Because the longer you play the game, the more the game starts to slow down for you. And once the game starts to slow down for you, then you can take advantage of what the game really doing. I ain't never seen a person in the sixth grade get trigonometry right. Shit, I better know people who do trigonometry get it right. But what happens is the longer you play the game, the more you're involved in the game, the more the information starts making more sense to you. People always say, trap, when it starts clicking for you, I don't know who I just kept playing the game. And eventually, I knew I was going to understand it. Let's go a little further. All right, so here's one of the things I know that people always, who, how many people always have a problem with knowing when the seller stop? There we go. So I want to walk you through a couple scenarios right quick, right? One of the reasons the seller stock is the wrong thesis. Your investment thesis was based on facts and they turned out to be wrong. I want you to understand that it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I've been wrong a couple times. Notice I just say a couple. But you can see something and then that thing that you saw not happen, yo, get rid of it. Acknowledge the fact that you was wrong on it. All right, let's go a little right here. When the facts change, my bad, my thing I always say is when the reason why I bought it changes. When the reason why I bought the stock changes, it's time for me to let it go. Fall in love with no company. So I don't always agree with people saying you got to hold a stock for 20 years. You know, I don't agree with that. Because how the hell we know what's going to happen in 20 years? But I will say, if the market, if the stock you bought is performing and it's still performing, you own it. You know why? Because we sell the eggs, not the goose. So watch this. If <laughs> It's okay to tell your age right here a little bit. How many of us grew up as Toys R Us being the biggest toy company in the world? Some of y'all are like, Toys R Us? What the hell that is, y'all? Somebody had a big dinosaur. It used to be a giraffe. Dinosaur, giraffe. Ain't they the same? My bad. I'm playing. My bad. My bad. But what happens is, over time, you can get a CEO that don't know what the hell they're doing. If you get a CEO that don't know what the hell they're doing, guess what they start doing? They start spending money that they don't supposed to be spending. I'm going to agree with you. Every time LaShawn will spend a dollar, I'll be like, how much that cost? I don't want to make bad decisions. CEOs that can't make good decisions. One of the ways you know a CEO making bad decisions is the return on invested capital is low. They increase in revenue, but they're not increasing profit. Two signs that a company is not doing good. How many people ever heard of a company called Blockbuster? Okay, now you about to really tell your age. How many people heard of a company called Sears? <laughs> Don't throw that at me. 
Sears was one time the largest company in America. What happened if you'd have been holding that for a, a year, two, three years ago, the stock was $2. Three years ago, it was $2. Let's go a little further. How many of y'all heard of a company called Kmart? You know Kmart wasn't right. I ain't never, every time, yo, Kmart was part of the hoodest store I ever. That thing used to stink, be dirty, stuff on the floor. The people always had an attitude. They ain't even had no uniform in Kmart. That's how I know that wasn't a good company. Bro, you got mismatched socks on. I knew that wasn't a good company. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I knew they wasn't. I said they ain't gonna be around long. I knew they weren't gonna be around long. But watch this. And the list goes on. But all those companies are on the stock market. So what happens if you, what happens if you own a company for 20 years and it ain't doing nothing? Like, okay, we know Macy's, right? It's like a six dollar stock right now. How many times, let's keep it real. How many times you don't win in Macy's and you can count the people that's in there right now? You feel me? But these companies are on the stock market. So I don't agree with the idea of holding a company for 20 years. Here's what I will say. When you buy a company, have the idea that I want to hold it for at least five years. And then that's five year time span. If it's still increasing in value, if the numbers still doing what it's supposed to do, I don't mind holding it for another two, three years. I'm on a year to year basis. man. I'm breaking up with you. I ain't falling in love with nothing. I'm talking about a company, y'all. I'm looking for love. <laughs> but what happens is the knowledge evolves. And as the knowledge evolves, we got to evolve, evolve with it. And if we evolve with the knowledge and we evolve with the information, don't get me wrong, yo. I studied all the great investors, but what I realized was their in, the way they started playing the game was different along the journey. Let me make it make sense to you even more. Warren Buffett is known as the greatest investor of all time, and everybody would tell you, read this book called, what's the book called? Intelligent Investor. I'd say everybody, don't read that goddamn book. First of all, it's a big book, and it's boring as hell. Ain't nothing exciting about it. Don't read that book till you realize I'm going to do this. This is my life. I didn't read. I didn't start reading that book. I'm not going to lie to you. To the pandemic. Because I was just sitting around watching billions. I'm like, I might well read it now. Because that, that is, don't get me wrong. The book is great. But even Warren Buffett changes his philosophy. Now, here's what none of the investing pages are going to tell you. Here's what none of the investing gurus are going to tell you. So Warren Buffett used to study a man named Benjamin Graham. Benjamin Graham made all his money during the Great Depression. He would buy, he would do what's called cigarette butt investments, meaning he would buy companies that didn't even worth nothing, but get one, two dollars out of it. He would make a whole lot of money. Warren Buffett followed that same procedure until he met a dude named Charlie Munger. And Charlie Munger said, Warren, and we won't really make a lot of money. We got to stop doing that because it's better to buy a great company at a fair price than to buy a fair company at a great price. Trap, what that mean? It's better to buy a company that I know that's good at a decent price than, than buy a trash company at a discount price. Because I'm going to get a better return on a company that has value over the long term than I will get buying a company that's trash. Does that make sense? 
So he changes his investment philosophy. All right, Warren Buffett at one time said, I don't believe in technology stocks. They're not good. Guess what the biggest, that's his biggest position is right now. That's a tech stock to me. What happens is the information evolves. Here's what I want to tell you. What do we do when a new truth collides with an old belief? We got to choose the one that benefits us more. When a new truth collides with an old belief, we got to choose the one that benefits us more. Are we trapped? All right, let's go to the first. Stop right there. So the next thing is when we sell, when, what's the wrong reason to sell a stock? When the price went up from buying, when the price just went up. Why are we selling runners? So watch this. How many of y'all been here before? Trap, that thing made me $50. I'm about to take the profit. Look at my cousin. I wasn't even talking about him this time. That boy said, cut, that thing made $50. I'm about to sell it. I said, why? He said, because I ain't work for it. That was free money. I'm not giving it back. Also, one of the worst things to sell it for is because the price go down. We got to find a valid reason, y'all. The stock market goes up 76% of the time. So the market goes up 76% of the time. That means we got to endure some down times. But the market is designed for us to truly make money. Y'all with me? Let's go a little further. All right, so watch this. This is about to be good. So, I've talked about this before. But I was oblivious to the fact that so many people wanted to lose weight. And I'm not saying that to be funny. Until I realized that 76% of Americans are overweight. And so, once I realized that, I realized how much money is in the weight loss industry. And so these two companies today, Eli Lilly and the Vardas, they both skyrocketed today. Now, these two companies, we've been talking about it for a long time, been talking about it for months. Well, today, the company was up $72. And then I think the other one went up maybe like $17, $18. They are going to be the face of weight loss. And actually, that's what drove this. So Eli Lilly is a company that I like because why? The company not only is the largest insulin dealer in the world, now they're going to be the number one weight loss. They're going to have the number one weight loss product in the world through a shot. And now they also have an Alzheimer's drug in the pipeline. Watch what I'm about to tell y'all. These are three drugs that if a person get on them, they'll never get off of them. So somebody in the comments today was like, trap, that stock going to fall because people starting to realize how they can get off insulin. I said, that's only a small few. People are comfortable with doing what they want to do and they feel like they got a medicine for it. They're going to rock out. There's only a small few people. I'm going to keep it real. There's only a small few people that really care about their health. If you did, you wouldn't eat McDonald's. It's the reason why they call it fast food, though. The harsh truth is people don't really care about their health like they say they do. 
No, there's a handful of us that really be like, nope, I'm not eating that. But because they know that, what I told y'all, America does what? Sell the poison and sell you the what? At the same time, they sell you the cure too. So this is about to be, watch this, I did some homework on it. Let's go a little further. Watch this. Boom, weight loss, a billion dollar play. Watch this. Morgan Stanley estimates that over the next 17 years, 7% of the, 7 more percent of the population will want to lose weight. Watch this, go a little further. Ozempic, I can't pronounce the other three drugs. Watch this. In, 20, in 2019, it was only 230 people using the drugs. In 2022, 5 million people started using it. That's a big jump. Go a little further right here. Weight loss drug, estimated reduction in calories up to 20 to 30% reduction in calories per day. I'm telling you that once people realize that losing weight, I can lose it from taking a shot. What you think they're going to do, y'all? And I ain't tripping because I own a company. I'm not mad at you. Sensational. <laughs> I don't be tripping on, like, I'm going to keep real with you. I don't be tripping because I know people going to do with people going to people. I'm not emotional about people peopling. All I ask myself, is how do I put myself in a position when people do start peopling, I can make a whole lot of money from it. Without it going against my moral code. Right? Like, I'll never buy a company like Johnson & Johnson because they intentionally, they knew they was giving people cancer. I'll never buy a drug company. I'll never buy a prison company because I know what it's like to be in prison. I ain't going to never buy them type of companies. But I will, 100%, I understand that people want to lose weight because it make them, you know, it make you have more confidence. Guess what? If you're going to lose weight, you... You're going to use Eli Lilly because it's the drug. Guess what? If people are on insulin, guess what? 92% of people on insulin use who? Eli Lilly. Why am, I trying to, why am I trying to fight that? It's about putting myself in position when I know people going to do what people do. Now, if this goes against your moral code, guess what? Don't be a part of that. I'm all about moral investing. But I do understand that the nature of people is to say what? This is the game I'm playing. Watch this. Let's go a little further. Watch when I go a little further. Boom, watch this. Obesity, drugs, food impact. Yo, this now going to impact the food industry. Because people are love sugary drinks. People love snacks. People love fast food. These are the leading causes of what? Weight gain. So you know what people going to do? People going to eat the fat food. People going to eat the snacks. People going to eat the Oreos and then take the shot. So come on, man. Y'all act like y'all know what the people going to do. You know what the people going to do? Now the people going to work out and have three cheat days a week. Oh, it's a cheat day. You just had a cheat day Monday. Oh, this is the other one. How many you get? And I take the shot. What you talking about? I'm on the shot. I'm just saying if we start understanding how to truly play the game, we start understanding the dynamics of the game, we can just put ourselves in position to win at the game. 
putting ourselves in position to win the game is not about being, it's not about being, <laughs> God, I broke my train of thought. Y'all see what I see on the screen? That boy been taking a shot. The shot gives you six toes. Goddamn. I don't want that shot. Don't take the shot. <laughs> hey, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Side effects of the shot. Six toes. Enlarged breast. Brain tumor. High blood pressure. May vomit. Suicidal thoughts. Did I say six toes again? That's all right, but I'm going to lose weight, though. Listen, Jose said, if trap, put the disclaimer out there. If you got six toes, I'm not mad at you. Put your feet out in the sand, love. Don't protest. I'm not sure I understand. Slavery said she ain't sure she understand. Six toes. <laughs> you better not. Let's go a little further, yo. Watch this. So what I did was, just in my mind, I'm always willing to, I'm always willing to do a little more research so we can understand how this affects us, and then how does that put us in situations, yo? If you in, a, if you in the YouTube, yo, let's get the likes up. Jose, we got a thousand likes. We need fifteen. Jose always want more, more. Let's get it up, y'all. Let's get the likes up. Let's get the likes up. Let's get the likes up. All right, so watch this. So here are the companies that I feel, I ain't say get the lights on. <laughs> I say the lights up. The lights up. Not the lights. Like boys in the hood. Hit the lights. Nigga. <laughs> All right, so watch this. Um, Hershey's. Mondelez Brands, Hostess, and Campbell's Soup, McDonald's, Domino's, um, even companies like uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I truly feel like these companies will be affected because what's going to happen is, I'm going to be real with you, the one thing I have learned is people that work on their health once they do it, they do try to make better health decisions. And so I feel like companies like Vital Farms, Simply Good, um, companies that alter, that have healthy food options will benefit from this. That's how I feel. Let's go a little further. All right, so watch this, man. So we did see the IPO industry slow down a little bit. So I will say, look out for the IPO gang. Another great way to play the IPO is the Renaissance IPO ETF. I think that's a great way to play the game. I think that's a great way to play the game. Um, we got companies like, uh, over the last five years, the IPO ETF has returned 15%. Last year, it didn't do really good because we didn't see too many IPO companies. But year to date, the IPO ETF is up 30%. I think that's big. I was on my, I was on my, I don't know what that was. 
She was singing. I personally don't like IPOs until they at least give us at least six to eight quarters of earnings. And the reason why is because if it's a good company, it's going to be a good company regardless. Right. And I don't want, I don't like people chasing IPOs. Um, and I hate when people on Instagram say, if you'd have bought this company when it IPO, did you buy when it IPO? Show me. Um, I'm not a fan of us getting the IPOs because I feel like a company still has to go through that maturation process. Right. And it'll, it'll take us some time to like think about a company like Uber. Right. Um, I've been heavy on telling people, yo, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good company, but I need to get it in the IPO. But guess what? Once the company started solidifying itself, once it started showing me that it was better than Lyft, once it started separating itself from the crowd, I said, OK, I see what they're doing here. And then they say, yo, they gave me a date of profitability. They say we can be comfortable by this date. And then every quarter when they're telling me they're getting closer and closer to profitability, I know that this is a company that I don't mind owning. So now we wind up getting Uber at $17, not somewhere around a $40 stock price. I'm okay with that. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? All right, cool. Let's go a little further. All right, so here's some IPOs that's about to come out that's thinking about it. Stripe, Databricks, Chime, those are actually uh, in the fintech space. Discord, fintech space, Reddit, Impossible, Burger, Klarna, and Better.com. Most of the IPOs are almost going to be in the financial technology space. And if you're going to ask me, Trap, how you feel about fintech? I still think fintech is a game changer. Trap, how do you feel about PayPal? I bought more of it at $58. The difference is you, you can't deny the fintech space. Why? Because think about it. Let's be honest. Is the way we're using money different? They're changing the way we use money. One of the biggest fintech players in the game right now is Apple. Not going to lie. Once they added the on buy now, pay later, once they did, I was like, oh, oh, they coming. Oh, that's how they playing it. Like, y'all taking pictures. I like that, y'all. I appreciate that, man. When y'all start taking pictures, I know I'm giving good game. Now, don't, don't have the phone full of pictures that you ain't using. Them pictures from 2018 that you screenshot, go on, delete them thing. Stop upgrade. Stop backing that phone up with them. Oh, delete. Delete them things. Delete it. Let's go a little further. All right, so here's what I want you to understand, and this, this is key right here. Watch this. Is tech always the better play? And I'm going to say no. So consumer discretionary over the last couple of years. So tech is in the green. Um, consumer discretionary is in the black. Now, Average from 2018, tech has given, I mean, 2008, tech has given us about a 13% range, while consumer discretionary has given us about 11%. That 2% makes a big difference, but you'll see years where you see consumer discretionary outperform tech. What is this consumer discretionary? Companies like McDonald's, Nike, Tesla. So let me say this to people. People always be like, Trap, Tesla not no car company, it's a tech company. Well, it's a company that has technology in it. It's a company that has technology in it. Just like you can say, there's a, there's a part of the industry that I love called med tech. 
But MedTech isn't technology, it's, it's healthcare companies that have integrated technology. Does that make sense? I like to call an apple an apple or orange or orange. Right? So, and then technology, you have some things under like Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Broadcom. For me, I don't want nobody, you know why a lot of people didn't beat the market last year? Because a lot of people was invested in technology. They didn't know how to pivot. So one of the things I'm going to tell y'all tonight when we talk about the workshop is the four or five accounts I want you to have. I talked about it last night. And one of those accounts is I want you to be able to take advantage of whatever the market is rewarding. So even though I was buying technology in my long-term account, in my recession portfolio, I was buying everything but technology. Why? Because if it's on sale, I'm going to add it to my long-term portfolio. I don't have a problem with that, but I still won't beat the market. So I'm going to use whatever the market is rewarding for that year. Does that make sense? We're talking about playing a game on a whole different level. So understanding when the market is rewarding technology, it's okay to be heavy technology. When the, war not reward, when the market not rewarding technology, I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm going to go wherever the market is rewarding. And that's how we're going to beat the market every year. And I'm going to show you that tonight. Let's go a little further. Walmart just came out and said it was the biggest player in the game and it backed it up by numbers. Walmart is the biggest company in the world by revenue. Here's what I, do, here's what I respect about Walmart. Walmart never said that I'm going to give you the best products and services. They ain't never said that. You put them clothes on from Walmart one time. Done. Smoked. But you got something on for the day. Walmart ain't never said we're going to give you the best goods. They always say we're the low price leader. So Walmart is named the world's largest corporation by revenue. Walmart's digital advertising business grew by 30%. Last year to 2.7 billion. The retail giant owns and operates more than 10,000 markets, discount department stores, and grocery stores in 24 countries. Here's what's dope about Walmart that I noticed. Walmart said that we will put a Walmart within 10 miles of our average consumer. So even if they don't give you the big Walmart, guess what they give you? The neighborhood Walmart. And you know the difference between the neighborhood Walmart and the big Walmart. But all of it goes to the bottom line at the end of the day. Let's go a little further. And here's the companies that they compete against. Walmart bringing in 600 billion. Um, Saudi, the arm, the oil company, 603 billion. Watch this, Amazon, 514 billion. Watch this, ExxonMobil, 414 billion. Apple, 394 billion. Shell, 386 billion. And United Healthcare, 300 and something billion. Think about this, y'all. Walmart is bringing in 600 and $11 billion in revenue every year. Here's my question to you. If you're trying to figure out a stock to own, that means... Now, for all my bougie people going on their own target. We understand y'all like a little Starbucks while you shop. We understand that you like the red and blue, I mean the red and khaki cohesion that they have going on over there. We see that you like the air conditioning works. <laughs> we know you like the escalators in the wall. We, we, it's okay. Walmart ain't giving you none of that. Put the buggy over here and get what you gotta get. <laughs> no man, we don't got it. <laughs> it's a big difference, right? Now that I think about it, bro. 
it's a big difference between Walmart and Target, Jose. It's peaceful. We need to talk about that a little more. Why is there such a huge distinction? Brandon, where Nikki at? Deep it in the brand. Shout out to my girl. Damn, I ain't never think about that, Jose. Walmart gives you Starbucks in there. That's when you know the game is different. Target gives you Walmart. God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. I didn't think about that. Oh, it's good. <laughs> I should have known. Target gives you Starbucks. Walmart gives you McDonald's. God damn it. I've been bamboozled. Run amok. Led astray. Damn. Eat fresh. God damn it, we just gonna flush that shit. I'm flabbergasted, bro. Y'all paying attention to that before? I know this is off topic a little bit, but this will happen sometime. But did y'all? I never took that. You can walk around Target with your latte. You can walk around Target with your caramel macchiato with oat milk upside down. I'm speaking from experience. And you're going to walk around Walmart with a double quarter pounder. <laughs> you dying and buying the cheap clothes. That's God. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other time. Damn. That was good. I didn't know. That's that's why you here, boy. Huh? Got flamey, Jose, man. Got damn flame. You flamed us, Jose. You had your moment, dog. If you was so, this, I'm not being racist right here. If you was Spanish, you wouldn't have came up with that. <laughs> Only the black Jose can come up with that. That's a fact. That is a fact. Shout out to none of my Hispanic people. I rock with y'all. Y'all know that. But that was a black man comment right there. Dave, no, no, no shave, Dave. No shave, Dave. I just go a little further, man. How y'all feeling here tonight, man? I appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all. I just go a little further, Dave. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So... This has been one of the dopest parts of the show. Uh, when I created it, I, it was something you create that I wanted people to be interactive about. And I didn't realize it was going to just take off like it took off. Um, so flush it or flip it. Let's get to it, man. All right. So first on the list. Oh, y'all ready? Y'all ready? I still got to ask. All right, man, Eli Lilly, man, the first, damn. 
They up. <laughs> they up. It's up. All right, so Eli Lilly, first on the list, man, it is a company that, again, the world's number one insulin dealer. They're also about to take over the weight, the weight loss industry. They also got drugs in a pipeline. Just a big old legal dope dealer, man. I'm rocking with him. Eli Lilly, man, flush it up, flip it. Jose, who we got in the chat? 95%. Damn. Who the 5% is? Let's ask them what, they, what their complaint is. Man, we... All right, man, next, next is Datadog, man. Um, the company actually got pounded today. Um, just in the cloud space, dealing with technology, with the information, with people, with companies. Um, let's talk about it. Datadog, how we feel about it? Flush it or flip it? Why y'all flushing? Oh, you're going to flush it. You know? Sometimes you don't... Get them kids out the street. All right, next, Roblox. Now, this is an interesting company because the metaverse is the thing. And one of the things that's interesting about this company for me is if I don't take the iPad from my daughter, like her, her little cousins be on there like rocking out. And so I looked on them and I'm like, what y'all doing? She's like, nothing. I'm like, what is it? She's like, we just getting cars and I'm like, so basically y'all ain't doing nothing. Yeah, daddy, watch, watch, what the, watch, look at my player. So they changing clothes, they hopping in cars. Flush it or flip it, y'all. I'm a rock with Roblox. On the string of Leah, man. We gone. A daddy always gonna love his daughter, yeah. How they feel, Jose? That mean they wasn't feeling it. That, that was a who all over there. All right, so watch this. Now, now watch this. Yeti. So Houston, Texas is close to New Orleans, and the same job opportunities kind of rock, right? So if you, if y'all already like. So when I, when I was working at Ironwork in the construction industry, in the steel industry, everybody had these Yetis, Right? And so I went to some of the older, like, yo, why, what's the difference between having a regular cooler that I bought from Walmart? <laughs> that should have told me right there. You bought it from Walmart, dog. And the Yeti coolers. And the dudes would put their stuff in the Yeti coolers and it would be good all day. The one I bought from Walmart, that sandwich soggy by 10 o'clock. All the ice melted. I said, this thing must be a default. But you, I, had to ask, I should have asked myself this question. Why would I buy a cooler from the same place that sell me McDonald's? <laughs> Yeti, big in the construction industry, big in the industry. How we feel about it? Flush it or flip it? How we feel on the chat, Jose? We gonna flip, Yeti. Oh, no, my bad. I was in McDonald's. All right, New York, um, New York City REIT. So this is a REIT company. They do a lot of big buildings in New York. Um, but I'm gonna be, huh? 
Yep, a lot of skyscrapers, a lot of uh, REITs, a lot of big, I want to say, but I don't want to say this. I think they have something to do with the Empire State Building, if I'm not mistaken. But here's the thing. REITs been getting punished. New York, one of the main cities that's getting punished with real estate investment trust because a lot of those buildings are now empty and they can't do nothing with them. And nobody don't want to pay that high rent in New York. New York City REIT, flush it up, flip it. Man, y'all smart. Okay, that V-neck, that polo. Now, I ain't gonna lie, bro. When I was coming up, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. Yo, you had the polo on. Yo, this. I remember I used to wear the polo V-necks, I mean, the polo T-shirts as an outfit. If I had a pack of polo T-shirts, I'm wearing them things everywhere. The polo T-shirts, and I bought me some polo blue, I was on. I come home from prison, you couldn't tell me I wasn't popping, dog. Man, I used to go to, watch this, I used to go to Macy's. I used to go to Macy's, and Macy's was treated like a dollar store, bro, if I'm not lying. When you go to the drawers department and the, and the t-shirt department, man, we used to have that stuff all over the floor. I'm like, why they don't take care of this? But now Ralph Lauren is subpar brand. Sales have decreased. Revenue has decreased, profits has decreased. In the stores that it want, in the stores and the malls that it live in, I don't think Ralph Lauren is strong enough to be a standalone company. Meaning, like just an outside store by itself. Ralph Lauren, flush it or flip it. <laughs> he took the words out of my mouth, huh? All right, Alibaba. So Alibaba is it it checked damn. I heard that loud. I'm in a heavy. <laughs> I'm in a heavy, child. You know what that's saying, Jose? You better flip it. Don't play with my money, child. Damn, I, don't put that pressure on me. All right, so, now I will say this, man. Once Jack Mack left the company, man, the company hasn't been the same since. And then they went from being just Alibaba one, the company, to being Alibaba group. And now they're trying to put everything that the company does inside of that. And it's not really working out well for them. And this is the thing when people saying, oh, is the next Amazon. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Because they're not. They're just Alibaba. But also, I don't trust Chinese companies because they actually go by and they, 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 they play the game by a different set of rules. So, Alibaba, flush it up living. You should know better. I just realized who that is. Flush it up flipping. Flush it up flipping. I don't like it. I don't want nothing to do with it. That's why they were. I'm telling you, they were like, dude, they were like, flush it. They were in between. Flush it. You call that uh, optimistic. That's what they were. All right, so next, Village Farms. So Village Farms is a Canadian company that deals with cannabis. Also, they deal with greenhouse investment. Um... 
I don't know how I feel about it because even though I'm invested in canopy growth, it hasn't worked out well for me. I'm going to keep it real with you. And the only reason I'm really holding on to it, Jose, is because like I just think somewhere along the line, something's going to happen. Like I'm not even believing in, I'm going to be real with you, I don't even believe in the marijuana industry like that no more. Too many variables. You have to wait for legislation to make it legal. You don't know when that's going to happen. And then there's a lot of just on a, on a, like it's legal in some places, but it ain't legal everywhere. But my thing is, even when it becomes legal everywhere, still, how does that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not, a, I'm going to be real with y'all. Like I own cannabis growth and I ain't buying no more. I ain't doing no more with it. I'm just, I'm losing on that. I think now I'm probably down 70%. And I should be looking at it like, damn, poor baby. Poor baby. Flush it up, flip it. Yeah, we flushing that joint. Flushing that. All right, last but not least, cannabis growth. I just talked about this. I think Steve set me up. So this is actually the biggest company in the marijuana space. Um, it actually has a lot of partners. Actually, another company called Constellation Brands is a partner of this company. Um, it just can't take off, though. It just can't take off. Flush it off. Say, I like you. I like my man right there. Look, everybody doing flushy to this. He like, man, flip it, try, dog. Man, come on, dog. Got a whole lot of money in that, bro. I know if you like it, it's going to turn around. I ain't going to lie to you, OG. We're going to sing, we shall overcome that boat. Because <laughs> we flushing that thing. <laughs> Two day, run the intro one more time, man. There we go, man. man, before we get into the next segment, I want to take a minute to say, man, thank y'all for coming out tonight. This is amazing. We're going to do our 1-800 Trapper Hotline. We're going to get into it. This is going to be an amazing part of the show when we get into it. I won't say this, though. I got a big announcement for the New Orleans show. Houston, don't be mad at me. I love everybody the same, but I'm from New Orleans. So for New Orleans, we're bringing out Eric Thomas and Rick Ross for the New Orleans show. Hey, 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 Queen said, he ain't even from New Orleans. What you got him over there for? Uh, you know, New Orleans is just, I'm going to be real with y'all, and I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. Um, Houston, Atlanta, Chicago, like everybody come here and do shows. Man, y'all a dope-ass city. New Orleans is a dope city, but people really be scared to go to New Orleans. And keep it real with you. Like, I, like Houston get busy, but people override Houston getting busy for, yo, it's a dope city. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wait a good and even be like, mm, mm, I'm going to go anywhere. 
But for New Orleans, man, like even in Houston, when I ride around Houston, when I ride around Atlanta, y'all get to see wealth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could be in my hotel and look at the Houston skyline and be like, damn, like, Houston dope. I always, even I'm from New Orleans, yo. Like, I'm going to keep it real. I done made a lot of trips to Houston, good and bad. <laughs> he without seeing Cass the first stone. Y'all always been popping. Atlanta always been popping. New Orleans has always been a, a small city with a big city name. And we never really could like break the barriers because we don't get to see a lot. Like y'all get to see it. Like y'all get to see, like for instance, when I come to Houston, you can see people in Bentleys. You can see people in, you know, you can see success. In in Atlanta, you can see in New Orleans, you don't see it. You get a Camaro, you get a Camaro, you made it. What? You got a Camaro? What got the SS with the bikes, boy? You on? But the, 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 the culture in New Orleans is so rich. And so me being from New Orleans, man, and because I made it from New Orleans, I wanna, I wanna, my goal is ultimately to have like a Wall Street looks like us now conference in New Orleans. And I gotta build up to that. Because I want people to understand that New Orleans is a dope city, but the people in New Orleans got to get more exposure. And that's what I love about cities like New York, Atlanta, Houston, for real. Like, y'all, y'all, y'all get exposure to a lot. People don't get that in New Orleans. And so I'm like, all right, like, let me take some of my relationships that I have and let me bring to my city so I can, one, shed light on my city and, two, make people okay with coming to New Orleans. So don't hold that against me, Houston, man. I just love my city the same way Bun B love Houston. You know what I'm saying? The same way, you know what I'm saying? Definitely, man. So um, next week, man, we got Rick Ross coming to New Orleans for the, for the tour. And we got E.T. And I did it for two different reasons. I wanted to come talk about it, but I wanted to give you the motivation, the inspiration, and the money. E.T. is my OG, and E.T., Man, he helped me peel back so many layers in my life just in, in, the, in the time we've been rocking the way we rock. And Rick Ross is somebody that I really rock with. And it's crazy because I don't think you will ever see them two on the stage together because what E represent don't always just coincide with what Ross represent. And it's nothing against either or, but on the strength of me and what I represent, it was like an easy go-to. And so both of them was like, man, try to say less, bro. Like, we know, we see what you represent. We, we bringing it. So, next week, man, New Orleans, we got E.T. and Ross coming. And that's the only city where I'm having somebody. Other than that, it's me rocking out. Because I know I could, it ain't, I could do this in my sleep. And everybody going to still leave here dope. So, next week, man, if y'all can pull up. If you in here, you can pull up. I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy. If you ain't pulled up yet, pull up. All right, let's go, man. We're going to do our flush of the flipping right now. This is where we ask our VIPs. Usually we do it with my people in the Patreon, but right now we're going to do the VIPs. Let's get to it. Huh? I'm, at, I'm sorry. 1 800 Trapper Hotline. Jose, don't do me that. Let's go. So you get to ask questions, y'all. 
So hold up. First, we'll see everybody be like, Chop, I got to ask you a question. Let's go. Uh, so I got like a 401k. I'm trying to see like what's the best way to roll that over so I wouldn't have to worry about the fees in the back end. So you got a 401k. You want to roll it over to you taking full event, to you operating it. So first you got to ask them because every company has different restrictions around it, right? So it ain't just as simple as saying, I want to roll it over. Like you got to see what it is. Like, so for me, prime example, when I was an iron worker, I took my annuity and I rolled it over to my full one, to my Roth IRA, right? But the first thing they did me was they said, you can only take 75% of it. But they taxed me at 32% on the 75% and I had to pay the, the penalties for taking it out. And then when I took the other, then I had to wait a year to take the other 25% and they taxed me the same. But I've made more money on it, me doing it, I've made that money back. So you got to ask yourself, go ask them what, what, the, what are the legalities behind you swapping that over? Because remember, the, the, the goal for them is to have you to have your money there. They don't want you to do that. So they're going to do everything to discourage you from doing that. Now, mind you, I had been an eye worker for, you know, some years. I, I, li- I That's my hard earned money that you about to knock soul from. But the goal for them is to not make me take it. And then once I did it, they were like, well, you can't get the whole 60000 You can only take 75%. I was like, but it's mine. They're like, yeah, but you're going to take 75% of it. Because what happens is they start taking your money and they start investing it and moving it around. So you got to understand what that is. You feel me? I wouldn't tell you to just do it because it's not cookie cutter. But once you understand what those is, then you do what's best for you. You feel me? Let's go. Let's clap for that, y'all. Great question. Let's go. On this, side, on this side, got a question? Anybody? What? All right, you go to the next one. I ain't tripping. <laughs> Jose, check this out. If the VIPs don't ask, if they won't be shy. Okay. <clears throat> I'm a beginner investor. Yep. As of me. And I have my stocks. I'm building up my shares. I want to go from, how do I start building from like from calls and options, what is the, how do you start with options, in other words? So you're calls a beginner? And puts, calls and puts. You're a beginner? I'm a beginner like You don't even me. need to be there. No, no, no. I'm, I'm asking that because I'm building up. Okay. So when I get there, what do I look for in order to start doing that? Let's just wait till you get there. Okay. But how do I know that I'm there? Because from my understanding, calls is what, 100 shares? All right. So first, I'm going to say this. All right, so if you're a beginner, I'm, I'm about to walk you through this process right quick. If you're a beginner, I want you to get more comfortable with learning to invest and identify what's going on in the market before you focus on calls and puts. The reason being, you can't master two things at once. And the way that I played the game was simple. Once I started dominating, buy and hold, I then got into the options game because I started understanding the emotion. The, the emotion and the mindset involved in options is a completely different animal than the emotion and the mindset that's involved in buying hold. You, that's one thing. 
The second thing is you don't just play the option game overnight. How do you know that you're ready to play the game? When And this is my personal opinion. You know that you're ready to evolve once you no longer get emotional about playing a buy and hold game. Now, once you're ready to get involved, you go get the options masterclass. And I think tonight what we did for everybody, we did it in Atlanta too. The birthday deal that I had, we just, we just, we putting it out there for this too. I don't know if we got the things or not. But the same birthday bundle we had where you got the Wall Street trapping course, you get the trapper method and the option class. You get all of them together for one price. So we did that for the tour. So if you want it, you could get it. It's all together. But I would still say, take it one at a time. Like if you saying you beginning, and you, you still learning the fundamental game, the fundamental game is what helped me learn master the options game. Don't be in a rush. But I will say this. If you play it one year at a time, if you, if you focus on playing a buy and hold for one year, I know you can get it, especially if you're trapping with me. Then that next year, you graduate. You feel me? And that's not me trying to tell you not to play the game. It's me telling you that you can play the game but just walk the journey. You don't got to be in a rush because the game ain't going nowhere. Let's clap for that, fam. Yo, the crazy part is now they ready with the questions. Oh, now they ready. Oh, they know <laughs> we're about ready. to go. They, they know, know okay, about to go. Okay, now it's my turn. So, uh, I don't think my mic is working. It is? Okay. So, I have a different type of question. I work for Amazon, and they give us so many shares per year. And what they call them are RSUs. They have to vest at a certain point. So they give us an option. It's called a fractional share election. They give us two options. They ask us, do we want to sell for taxes and get the cash? Or they ask us, do we want to sell for taxes and get fractional shares? But they don't give us a lot of details on what that exactly means. So I was wondering, what's the best option? Do I get the cash and put it in my swap portfolio and go there? Or do I sell for fractional shares and keep it with them? So that's a good question. So ask yourself this question too, though. When they're giving it to you, ask you figure out at what price are they giving it to you for? That's going to be the most important thing because here's why. Most time when companies offer you shares, you can, they often give it to you at a cheaper price. Right? So those stock options, those stock, matter of fact, one of my, <laughs> one of my trap masters love discern. This is one of the things that they operate on, share-based compensation. Right. So one of the things you want to do is and, and it depends on where you are. There's no right or wrong for that. It just depends on where you are. Do you feel like the fraction? Me, I don't feel like the fractionals would be enough. I'll take the cash and then do it myself. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to still make the investment. So that's where I was leaning. And I'm still in the part where I'm loading the clip because I'm still learning. So yeah, yeah, yeah. everything I got is just sitting there. And, you know, I watch. I think I got about six stocks since I've been watching, but I'm still loading the clip because I'm still learning to do the researching. What you I been watching? Out. Trapping Tuesdays. Come on, now I'm, I'm going to talk about God. I'm in Trappers Anonymous. You say anything else, yeah. I would have flushed no. you. <laughs> so I'm in Trappers Anonymous too. And then <laughs> next, <laughs> I want to do the... <laughs> press it all. Oh, press it all. My bad. I got excited. Um, yep. So that's what I would do. Um, if I'm you, um, I, you know, for me, I'm always, I'm always the advocate for, man, you doing the work yourself, but taking advantage of the opportunity. So that's kind of like free money. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get to you. You don't got to take the fractional. You can take it. You can invest in it. You can do it yourself, but only if you're ready to do that. You know what I'm saying? If somebody who ain't ready to do that, just take the fractional because it's an opportunity for you to get the ownership yourself. You feel what I'm saying? 
So I'd rather you just take money and do it yourself. Okay. That's good. Let's clap Thank for that. Thank you. Let's get two more, Jose. Uh, real quick, Trap. So I did the options course and I've been hold doing it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Every time somebody say real quick, it ain't quick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, King. Yeah, so I have options and I actually learned options before I took your course. But like I said, yours made it so much easier. So appreciate you for that. Definitely have made thousands of dollars since I've been doing it. Um, so my question is, um, XLE, XLI, I have been watching the energy sector go up. You think we may, because I'm in Patreon too. Oh my God, let's talk you, about it. You think we probably going get to a, get a play maybe after? Niggas. Niggas. <laughs> um, as I watch it and as I understand what the market rewarding, it's a possibility. Um, because me, I ain't biased. Whenever I see the market rewarding, that's what I want to gravitate to. I saw that the last three months. If anything, I'll go with energy instead of XLI because... The energy sector kind of produce more profits than that. Um, and because and even when I do it, it won't be an individual. It'll probably be XLE than an individual stock. So you probably get that, man. Great question, King. I'm only clapping because you're in all the groups. What's up, Chad? What's that in? That's my family, y'all. What's up? Um, so I see PayPal just recently. Like You did what? The, I said I see PayPal just recently launched the coin. Uh, Coinbase, I mean, mm -hmm. crypto. So what do you think about investing? Yeah, I wanted to actually, so that was one of the, so what happened was PayPal just did a stable coin um, and it's the only company in America that has it in the space. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of PayPal, even though they beat us up for a while. Um, but I actually think that's going to add value. They have to do something different to add more value to shareholders and they have to do something different to, to change this, the story. Because one of the things PayPal said was, we not focusing on new users. And that means you ain't focusing on growth. And so if you ain't focusing on growth, the market ain't gonna reward that. And so the market just punished them for it. So I think that's a way for them to, to, to restore confidence. Um, and I actually like that. I, I, and I, I, I like that. So shout out to my Patreon people. Shout out to my trap masters. Shout out to my people, man. Uh, we always making money. That's what we do. Have you made money? That's what I like to hear. That's the only one. It divorced. Listen, every relationship ain't going to be great. Let's go, man. Let's clap for the queen for that. Let's get one more and we're going to kill it. Let's get one more. Jose, let's get one more. Let's get one more. Hey, what's going on, Trap? What's that in the family? I'm right here in front of you. Right. <laughs> oh, it's hey. the light. It's the light. <laughs> so I got a quick question for you. It's stock market related, but I want your advice on something. Because I start, and I've been following you, so I'm going to say this first. I've been following you for like three years now. Like, I learned everything about the market from you. I strayed away to learn options from somebody else, but... When I seen you offer that uh, option master class, I'm like, nope, got to do it. So right. I went paid the bread and learned it, went through it. Excellent. But what I started doing, I didn't start teaching the market myself, right? 
I'm from Mississippi. Ain't nobody teaching the market in Mississippi. So I want to I want to ask you, what's your advice? It went out for a minute. My bad, my bad. So anyway, I want to ask for your advice. Like I say, I'm from Mississippi. Nobody in Mississippi is teaching the market. So with everything that I've learned from you, all the information, I'm taking it on myself to teach people back home, right? So I want to know what type of advice could you give me, you know, to become a better instructor to my people. And I also record all the uh, Zoom calls. So I just want some advice. That's good. First of all, I appreciate you for rocking with me. And one of the things I always say is like, I think I was telling my people last night that is, yo, I can't teach everybody. I'm not going to try. But if everybody in here teach somebody, we got 600 people in here. If everybody in here teach somebody, now we got, we done doubled it. But in every, and every time you teach somebody, they teach somebody. That's how, that's how we get the mass movement. So, man, I appreciate you for taking that step. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm, that's what we supposed to do. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't feel no kind of way. I'm not be taking my information, teaching nobody, man. Nah, man, that's what we supposed to do. As a family, as a community, that's what we supposed to do. Because what happens is, I'm gonna be honest with you, you gonna teach your people better than me. Don't get me wrong, I'm gonna teach, I'm gonna teach my way, but you know the nuances, you know the language, you know the vibration, you know, you know what your people gonna relate to a little better than me, so you can explain that to them. So what I would say is first, Make it more relatable. Like, example, this how it became relatable to me. People ain't gonna agree with it. It ain't for them to agree with. But I know where my relatability came from. And the people who rock with me, they gonna understand why this is this. And they gonna say, I get why I trapped on that. And so for you, one, learn as much as you can. And then once you learn it, speak it to yourself in a way that it makes sense. You feel me? Like once you learn it, tell it to yourself in a way you'd be like, mm, that's it. Because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll get the information. And I've heard people try to explain stuff to me and it just sound like the Charlie Brown voice. Like, what are you talking about? And we try to over explain what we saying. So get it, speak it in the information that you can understand, but one, keep learning. And watch this, teach it for free. Teach it for free because the more you teach it, the better you get at explaining it. Every time I say something, the more I say it, I can say it in a different way. I get better at saying it. I start learning how to tell stories with it. I start learning how to put analogies with it. And before you know it, I don't give you a whole master class for free. Why? Because I don't mind. That's why I can give travel tools every week for two hours, three hours. It don't matter to me. You feel me? So keep learning and keep being able to break it down in a way that your people can understand. But now you you are now responsible for the change of your community. You're responsible for that. So let's clap for that. All right, y'all. So let's get to this next part, man. It's called a well track. All right, so somebody actually DM me this. And let me say this, man. Hey, go get that options master class, man. I promise you, the reason why that class became so amazing to me was because I lost $113,000 and I had to force myself to go back in the lab and see what went wrong. I ain't try to keep doing the same thing wrong a different way. 
queen right here in my group. Did I not show y'all? I was like, yo, this thing went from 80000 to $60,000 to $100,000. I was like, damn. How much? Yep. You feel me? And we was like, all right, bet. I ain't tripping. I ain't flinch. Since then, last year we did 200 and some thousand. This week we had 380,000 just in the options game. That's over $500,000 from a hundred and some thousand dollar loss. The losses will make us better. And so that's how that came about. So let me give y'all this closing right quick from, um, it's, the song is called Kanye. And he says, the only thing I'm focused on now is increasing my wealth. When you die, when you die, what you going to leave your kids? Some sneakers and belts? And I, the wealth track is always about me trying to find information and rap songs that identify where we at. And so for me, when we look at what a culture going at and what we want the culture to be and what we want to represent for our families, it's always supposed to be about wealth. And I said this in the beginning. I said, what are you leaving? Your, if you're not adding or increasing to your family, you are 100% the liability. And if you leave your kids, if you leave your people, not just your kids, that's for the parents. But everybody not parents. If you leave here and you ain't increase your family's purchasing power, you're the liability. And if not you, then who? And so we get into the closing part of the show. And I say this right here. We're going to get into this wide first from the OG. I want y'all to understand something. We can no longer be spectators of the game of wealth in order to win, we got to participate. We can no longer be spectators in a game of wealth in order to win, we got to participate. It is impossible to step into something you've never had and be comfortable. But yet we have the audacity to desire to be wealthy without being, being able to accept that there's risks and being able to step in those risks relentlessly. I'm talking about stepping into a risk and not even can if I win or lose, but understanding that I'm willing to take the risk and because I'm willing to take the risk, I'm willing to deal with the outcome even if it isn't favorable for me because the process means more to me than the outcome. We're too comfortable in dysfunction. we complacent in high-stress environments. We done, we done made it cool to have more months left than money. Check the check don't really phase us until we get in a bad situation and we got to change that. I'm not in search for security. I'm in search for freedom. Because what I've learned is there's no such thing as financial security. I've learned that there's no such thing as a job security. What I have learned is time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom. That's what a real freedom at. That's what a real wealth at. And ain't no security in that. And I said it before, man, when God gives you a vision, that's an investment he has in us as individuals. But the only way that that vision can return and yield is if we execute. And I want you to say today that I'm going to execute. 
Execution is not so much about being right or wrong. Execution is about having the information and saying, I'm in the game. I'm taking the shot. One of the things I loved about watching Kobe, um, I, I went through it as, as, as the muse was the name of it. And he said when he shot the air balls in his rookie year, he realized that the aim was on point. He just ain't had the legs. He said, my aim was on point. My form was on point. But because I came from high school to the pros, the 82 games was a thing. Then I had the playoffs. And that was a different thing for me. So he had to go in the gym and work on his stamina and his legs. And then when he got the opportunity to take the same shot, he shot with even more confidence because he did the work. The reason why I'm willing to consistently invest in the market is because I know even when I get it wrong, I can go back and do the work. So when I'm presented with the same opportunity, I can get it right. Confidence. Confidence for playing the game. I don't play the game part-time. I play the game full-time. I don't play the game just when it's going up. I play the game when it's going up. I play the game when it's going down. I play the game when it's going sideways. I'm playing the game every day, all day, because the more I play the game, the more I get confident in playing the game, and the more confident I get at playing the game, the more money I can make. And the more money I can make me, the more money I can make my daughter. The more money I can make me, the more freedom I can have. The more freedom I can have, I can start buying my daughter freedom. And when I buy my daughter freedom, I can start buying my grandchild freedom, and she ain't even here yet. How many generations can I buy their freedom for so I can normalize it when they get here? Because what we do know is the America that it is right now is only going to get worse. The writing's on the wall. And so the goal for us is to prepare ourselves and to prepare the people that's coming behind us, man. It's your boy, Wall Street Trapper. It's episode 55 of Trapping Tuesdays, man. Thank y'all. Let's clap for that.